0: Eric's Hour of Enlightenment. Hello everybody,
1: welcome back to our Tuesday night. So, so glad you could be with us. Uh, okay, music, end, end. We are so honored, my phone is going off, what the heck. We are so honored to have a really special dude here, David Rippey. He's an inspirational author, hypnotherapist, speaker, I mean, gosh, his accolades go on and on, uh, who is really seeking to help people live their best lives, and he's going to help us explore the benefits of uh, hypnosis and meditation and some of the connections we have to our past lives and how those other lives and between lives regression can lead to many profound answers that affect us in um, this life. Uh, So, let me tell you a little bit about David. At age 25, in the midst of beginning a career at a Fortune 50 company, his life totally took a U-turn because he was involved in a car accident that left him paralyzed from the shoulders down. But that didn't really take him down, okay, because... After this, he formulated a vision for his life. He was determined to fill, fulfill his uh, ambitions to become a money manager, and he did. So he worked at Merrill Lynch. Uh, my my husband works um, uh, for, uh, oh, my God. Oh, oh, B. Riley, by the way, Dave, um, okay. as a wealth management guy. Uh, he also worked at the Vanguard um, Group, and then after achieving those dreams, he wanted to help others to reach their own goals, live their best lives in spite of facing, you know, the greatest hardships. And some of some of you guys out there have had so many. He uh, has uh, published five books. I'm going to have him address those later on. Um, anyway, he continues to spread his messages of positivity through writing, spending, uh, speaking engagement. And, again, he still believes that there are more miracles to come in his life and I'm sure he hopes that those will come and yours too. So, with no further ado, I would love to. It's my honor to introduce David Rippy. Hi,
2: Dave. Well, hello there. And uh, did you like to go by Elisa or Dr. Mattis? What do you prefer?
1: Oh, Elisa. Oh my gosh, no.
2: We don't okay, stand well out uh, here Great. And uh, thank you. That was very, uh, very nice of you. And. Uh, you know, I've watched your show, and I've watched uh, the Robert Schwartz interview. I've seen some of the ones with some of the channels, and um, you know, greatly enjoyed it. And that's uh, one of the reasons I was happy to do your show.
1: Oh, I'm, we're really grateful,
2: very much. So,
1: enlighten us, Dave. Tell us what we need to know.
2: The Florida well, there's here. so many things out there, and I don't think an hour would cover all the things we don't we all like to know, right? About uh, yeah. kind of where we're going today with the virus, where we're going today with. You know, some of the awakening of the world, and I think a lot of that stemmed mm-hmm. from uh, you know the impact we all felt from the you know starting out with the virus uh, back in uh, kind of the end of February, just learning about this, and you know I, I think all of us go back and look at our Christmas and say, wait, you know, there, you know, if somebody told us this would happen, where we just shut down the world to such a large degree and cause such havoc and the sad loss of lives, that I think none of us yeah.
0: could
2: have but um you know today going forward we all see that we've all been through challenges we've uh, you know i was in a spinal cord accident and um you know i've managed to uh kind of piece things together and kind of lay out a path for myself and you know a lot of us all out there have done the same thing we've all uh found ourselves uh kind of knocked down and um you know tried to struggle to get back up and once we're up and, yeah. i know but uh, not,
1: not at- everybody not everybody chooses to drag themselves up and, and, and form a new direction for themselves. I mean, you know, after Eric died, you know, that, I could have just stayed a, a victim and grieving, but, you know, I had to, you know, I, I heal best when I help others. So that's the path I chose. Now I want to tell you that we're going to have to have probably have you in two shows because um, we do the first 30 minutes with a guest and 30 minutes. Eric likes to talk to his listeners. But anyways, I'm so proud of you for choosing the, uh, you know, the, the 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 choice, the path of bringing yourself up and not succumbing to victimhood. I mean, that is very rare.
0: Well, you know,
2: I think what it gets down to, uh, Elise, and what I found is after doing a lot of work with hypnosis, doing a lot of past lives with people, kind of seeing what kind of soul or life plan they laid out for themselves. I mean, initially, I, you know, if I knew this consciously, that I'd end up in a wheelchair and... You know, I have to fight back out of the woods and, uh, you know, go through the six months of hospitals and rehabs to get to where oh, I am. I, that would have looked like a pretty uh, pretty tough thing. But So I don't think a lot of people, I, you know, I would not have signed up for it. But, you know, later on I found out, well, in a sense I did. And the people we bring into our lives, our parents, you know, we choose before birth, uh, you know, the complicated interwoven uh, connections between all the people that come in our lives, me doing your show today years later, um, you know, it's all planned, it's all a purpose. And, um, you know, I think we found that, I, as I mentioned to my mother the other day, the first time I ever said this to her, because, uh, you know, it's a traumatic accident. My parents had to feel oh, it as God. well as my siblings yeah. and everybody else. And I said, Mother, you know what, I just want to tell you, the greatest thing ever happened was being in that car accident. And I think what oh, I found, God. it's a hard thing to say, but I realized how much different. I now am compared to where I would have been if I would have, uh, you know, probably floated through life and, you know, worked as a real estate agent or, uh, you know, maybe a, a broker or something like that. But I never really would have taken the time, you know, to step back and have the time to reflect and, um, you know, kind of think, you know, why am I here? Why was I in the accident? Where do I go after this? Uh, and I started working with people with uh, doing hypnosis and uh, trying to find those answers.
1: So, wow, that's – um. That's incredible because basically many of us, like, look at a huge hardship. I mean, if you had known this was going to happen to you, it would be like looking at Mount Everest. Oh, shit, no. Hell I'm not going to. But, I mean, most of these traumas, you just had to put one step in front of another and one micro goal after another. And is that how you got through it or how did you get through it?
2: Yeah, well, as you mentioned that, a lot of it was setting goals. I mean, when I first got hurt, I mean, I came out of college. You know, I graduated Texas A and M. Believe it or not, I don't know who went to Texas. I hope that doesn't uh, make our interview a little more biased or whatever. But
0: no, you know, no, what's no, no, is we, uh,
2: you know, we got hurt. We came out, got a job, uh, a nice career with a Fortune 50 company, and then three weeks mm-hmm. later, you know, I'm in the woods and you know a friend of mine's driving. We hit a he hit a dead deer in the road. Mm-hmm. And Pennsylvania is known for that. You know, it's one of the top
0: three mm-hmm. or four
2: states uh, for deer hits every year in automobiles. And uh, next thing I know, I'm mm-hmm. in a car slumped down and I couldn't move. And, you know, it was just, it just a very surreal event at first, especially the few, first few weeks of the hospital. And, you know, once you get through that, the goal is obviously to get out of the hospital alive and try to stay healthy. And then, um, bang, once I'm sitting at home six months later, I could go back to my former job or position and with Sun, Sun Oil, actually. And uh, ended up saying, "What am I going to do now?" So that's where the that's where the goal setting started. I uh, saw myself, you know, I'm home from the hospital. I was point A, and I knew that, you know, on the dark side, so- on the far side of some dark and nebulous woods, was point B, and point B represented a job with a large uh, brokerage firm. And uh, yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of my goal. I had had to look at the little goals inside the large goal of being a broker and figure out I needed a higher assistance, I needed a better transfer band, I needed more, you know, further education on the graduate level, and I also needed to get a Series 7 license Mm. and train assistants that could not only help me physically with my injury, but also write down and take orders in a very fast-paced environment with a lot of complicated programs and software. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it was uh, it was quite an experience, but once I you know, once I got in there and got into the rhythm, you know, we we decided being healthy was a very important thing. So I spent a lot you know, a lot of time learning about alternative medicine, learning about, you know, the benefits of D, C, B, you know, magnesium, omega threes, all that. And I found myself not getting sick after a while. And um I what? Yeah, I found myself never getting sick. In other words, oh. cold something wow. like that. Never, never get the flu shot, and uh, you know, just did enough studies to uh, try to stay healthy. So that was another goal, because uh, you know, your clients expect you to work. You're doing a lot of, you're managing a lot of money for them, and um, you know, I could be, I could miss. It was just too, you know, just too involved. So yeah, I yeah. thought I had to be healthy to have a career. So that was another goal: was finding that way to stay healthy. So combine that with learning more about the markets, obviously, and uh, staying healthy, and. Uh, you know, I found that's led to led to uh
1: me having a fairly long career gosh i mean that's that's a handful it's more than a handful it's a barrel full so um how do you, so what kind of spiritual contract or have you ever asked you know through a medium or whoever what this spiritual contract was about what you're here you know why it happened what you're here to learn and or teach have you have you asked that
2: Yeah, and I've actually what's interesting is before I got doing, uh, before I started uh, doing past life regressions and life between life regressions and all that with clients, I I actually did three past life regressions myself back when I was uh, first hurt, twenty five, you know, about six months out of the hospital, saw a lady on TV doing them, and I thought, wow, that's interesting. I'd like to see if I had a past life. I never really knew. I grew up in a Presbyterian environment, so there wasn't really there was no emphasis, obviously, on reincarnation since they had. You know, taking it out of the Bible in 553 AD under Emperor Justinian. Exactly. So, With yeah, mediumship, so
1: that was also. Yeah, yeah. With medium I was no, I was you know,
2: more than this. There's got to be more than this. You know, you know mm-hmm. and also that question of why did I get hurt? I mean, why me? And uh, it wasn't that I had a, uh, like you said, I didn't have a victim mentality, but I was just curious, like, where do we go? I mean, you know, Plato discovered, you know, discussed the immortality of the soul and. So I decided to get into it. I talked to some what I consider the best psychics uh, in the United States. They've won international challenges. They are very highly regarded, and uh, reached out to them. they told me several things. Obviously, you know, I picked this life. I picked the challenges. I, you know, my you know my family, my uh, friends around me, uh, my assistants. They kind of come in and out of uh, you know in and out of this life. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: You know, they chose that as well, and uh, you know, it was all a very complicated. Uh, mathematically driven concert. It says we're all played a role, and I realized that fairly early on. And uh, the psychics all said about the same thing: Yes, you know, you did it to slow yourself down. You know, you were not on the spiritual path that uh, you know in, in a contract you had done before with uh, you know with Source Consciousness and uh, you know the masters and such and. Uh, you know, decided to do that to get back on track, and that's here we are. It wasn't that I was really off track. I mean, I was living life like a typical, uh, you know, 18 to 25 or 23 or 45-year-old, yeah. you know, college and lifting weights and, you know, running around having fun, but nothing really, um, you know, I, you know, nothing really on the uh, path of where I would help others as opposed to uh, having fun myself. All
1: right, so let's talk about that. Can you give us a co- Compare and contrast on how your priorities and values changed before and after the
3: accident, because I
1: think that was the the path I was
2: on. If I didn't get hurt, I saw myself uh, probably marrying my uh, college sweetheart at the time. I think I would have probably had two children. I would have continued to lift weights and go to gyms, and not there's anything wrong with any of that. That's all very standard part of life. But I never would have, uh, you know, that couple hours I might have not spent in the gym. You know, you find yourself, uh, you know, with more time on your hands. So you do more of an inner reflection, I think, at that stage. And yeah. I found myself doing the same thing. I started, uh, you know, getting a little more into meditation, uh, you know, stayed up with the markets while I was working full-time as well. But I found my outside interests lean more toward knowledge or re- literally lean more toward understanding um mm a lot of things that are on the surface. Uh, I read a lot of Edgar Cayce, Dolores Cannon, Brian Weiss's books, Dr. Michael Newton's, lots mm. and lots of stuff. And I just had a kind of a desire for that type of knowledge, and uh, that yeah. led to, uh, you know, exploring a lot of past lives with, uh, you know, other psychics that could channel my Akasha records and things like that.
1: Yeah, wow. All right, So, um, so you do regressions. Can you tell me about that and other things that you offer to people? Sure. I mean, what One of the
2: things like I now, is, uh, Yeah, started I started out initially about 15 you know, 12 years ago or so, 15 maybe whatever. Uh, helping assistants that would come in because uh, you know I'm uh, being, I'm about six two, 180, 90 pounds, whatever, and. Uh, you know, it takes a little bit of physical physicality to be able to uh, work with me as far as transfers oh, yeah.
0: I and mean, things
2: like that. Okay. So I started healing, you know, helping the citizens that would come and said, Dave, I'm sorry. I don't think I could help you, you know, work that well tonight because I, my neck won't move. I pull a bump oh, yeah. of my working out. Oh, I broke, yeah. you know, my knees acted up, this, that, and the other. So I found I started using hypnosis on them, and I uh, just had a natural knack for it. I'd never had any formal training, but I'd, uh, you know, read about it. I've had a couple of past life regressions myself, as I mentioned. So I just found myself starting to, uh, you know, you get to get rid of pain first, whether it's middle or physical, and then delving into past lives. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we discovered a lot of things. Some of the more interesting things we discovered is people that have undiagnosed pain in this life a lot of times we went and found that, um, you know, if we took it back, you know, you take it all through their childhood, and, you know, there's never been a, if there was never a traumatic event. For instance, one, uh, person that came, me was a 30 year old occupational therapist, sciatic nerve pain in the left leg, uh, hip could never, never, doctors couldn't figure it out. No MRIs, no CAT scans, no any treatments could ever figure out why this thing hurt.
0: Mm-hmm. It was always
2: nagging her. And, um, you know, she's, like I said, a sharp girl, occupational therapist, really up on, you know, you know, finding out about what I can do to relieve this thing. So I tried all sorts mm-hmm. of things and uh, came and, uh, you know, we did it. we said, uh, you know, she kind of laid out the medical history of it. We kind of went into a deep hypnotic trance. And uh, we, after, you know, doing some stuff and, you know, some other past life type stuff, I said, let's go to the source of that pain for the sciatic nerve. Can you, what can you do? Mm. And she saw herself on a Revolutionary War battlefield, and uh, she was about 20. She felt and uh, pretty much had uh, got shot in the leg with a uh, 50 caliber uh, muzzle ball, and uh, pretty much, uh, yeah, tore her leg off pretty much, and she bled to death on the battlefield. And what I find is, uh, you know, these kind of events, these kind of uh, pain that cannot be diagnosed by conventional methods, I find that sometimes they do have their roots in past lives. And, uh, you know, I don't want to throw any hard statistics out there because I don't think it's ever been scientifically studied to a great, great degree. At least I haven't had the time to do it. But you find a lot of times uh, undiagnosed pain, pain that they mm-hmm. cannot find its source. Now, this could be in can water. You can trace it back to a past life usually. Well, that
1: is fascinating. So do you do, can you uh, go to future lives? I mean, there is no time. So all these Future, past, present lives are happening all at once. But have you ever progressed
3: somebody to a future
1: life? Yeah, and- you know
2: it's interesting. You mentioned that we had a a person here, and I it's in the, I don't we don't even go into a lot of detail, but it's in a book I just uh, wrote recently called Meeting Jesus. And I had a girl mm-hmm. who came to me, and we had never had any religious background, uh, no Bibles in the house. It was more free spirited type, of, you know, family upbringing. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Her uh, she came to me and uh, did a past life, and um, next thing you know, she was um, telling us about you know her knowing Jesus in Nazareth, and she was 30 years old. You know, as a male named Josiah, and uh, he was 30 at the time, and just an amazing account of uh, what she witnessed and uh, you know some of the things he did. And, like I said, she didn't have any background in the Bible. They I cross-examined her on different points and things, and she was always very. Uh, very uh, accurate in a lot of ways for what we can know, for what we can tell. But accurate is probably not the right word. What it is, the descriptions of healing blind people, the descriptions of healing water, seeing mm. the electric vibrations going across the water, back and forth with the wooden staff, how he... Um, you know, how he, uh, think about, you know, different groups trying to help him free him when he was captured. And, uh, he was in, you know, prison for a much longer time with the Bible chairs. And, yeah. And he was it was over 30 days and there was people outside and vigils and a lot oh, of, a lot God. of attempts. Yeah, and a lot of attempts to free him and none of them were successful and they were all killed. But it wasn't, but they did try to get her how no women were allowed to see him initially. It was only, uh, you know, a few disciples and uh but Mother Mary's mother, Mary Magdalene, none of them were allowed to go visit him when he was in the prison and he uh, was pretty much tortured for about thirty days and you know oh. how emaciated he looked when he came out carrying the cross and um all that, how the lines were long for three days long, waiting in the line to see him give the you know, give their respects at the cross and you uh, even though he was already off of it. But um you know, just a, just amazing accounts that I'd never heard anywhere, let alone the Bible. That's
1: so de- that's so detailed. Hey, did you ever uh, watch the Our Jesus interview? Uh, you know God what? You? I
2: did listen to some of it. I didn't have time to hear it all yet, but yes. I mean, oh my
3: is, God!
2: A, you hear Jesus' past, Jesus, of I'll have to go back and catch all that. Yeah. Jesus. Anyway, going uh, back to the future. So anyway, here's this here's this uh, third. Okay. This like twenty eight thirty year old. Uh, girl with no real religious background, you know, spiritual, born to Indian and Shamanic type practices and that kind of thing. But anyway, after that, she I didn't even prompt it. What I find is when people provide future information to me, it's never at a prompt. It's kind of this channeling voice. And in Immortal huh. Soul, there was a one about I don't want to go off track here too much, but it was about a Lieutenant hertz off at the age of Aquarius. And they just launched and go, we are in this. And I'm just like, okay, go ahead. And I didn't it wasn't even a property, it was in it of a past life, and they just kind of tell me all this. But under this, this person named Josiah from Nazareth, a new Jesus at the age of 30, they're both about six months apart, males, knew each other. Uh, after that, she goes to the whole age of where we're going to be 200 years from now and talks yeah. about how uh, there won't be as much required for physical bodies. We'll be traveling around a lot of different planets and uh, colonizing them. Um, how some people will be more like holograms. It'll just be like energy sources with consciousness without the physical body mm. as much. And some will be kind of that merging of technology and the human. So kind of yeah. that it was just just like really interesting and in how we will probably not be what to be on Earth in 200 years. I kind of found that kind of interesting, but also that we'd be colonizing and looking at other places. And uh, I think if we all look at how far we've come since uh, Orville and Will were right on, uh, you know, down at Kitty Hawk back in 1904, 100 years later, I mean, picture what the next 200-year leap with technology and computers and everything else does, When we see guys like, uh, you know, Elon Musk with SpaceX, you got Richard Branson, we got Bezos doing his thing with, uh, you know, independent corporate space travel, so... It does make sense. It does make sense that, uh, you know, two yeah. years from now, it would be amazing the possibilities.
1: Right, and Eric, recently, I can't remember who, uh, my session said that uh, very soon, um, I can't remember how much, I'm sorry, like 20 years, whatever, we're going to be able to do exactly what aliens do, uh, which is bend space-time so that point A on one side of the universe and point B on on uh, the other side of the uh, universe for example can just like bend and meet so they almost like can step from one part of the universe through into another just like a step like and so that's how they're able to to go so far in such a you know small it's so many light years so i think that's going to help
2: a lot. I, have no, I think you're right. I have no doubt of that. When I saw uh, the head of Skunk Works at uh, Stanford's uh, graduation in 1994, doing the commencement speech, um, and I can't recall his exact name. It was, I thought it was, his, name was, his nickname was Bud or something. But at Stanford, 1994, and he came out and said, we've already conquered and solved what Einstein's theories were. We can travel through space now. Mm-hmm. So I think it pretty much boils down to, uh, you know, two different programs. We've got the NASA program we're all familiar with, and we have the one that kind of Von Braun started, uh, you know, kind of developed into Skunk Works uh, later on, and that's where all the black box projects are. And, you know, that's a whole other thing. But, no, it's pretty much uh, I think a lot of people, and a lot of people will come forward, you know, obviously talking about, uh, you know, where we've gone with space travel today versus kind of what we see with the, uh, you know, the shuttles and the mirror and that kind of thing.
1: Oh yeah, there's so much more, so much more we don't know. So, can you tell us about your
2: books? I'm sorry.
1: Can you would you would you please tell us about your books?
2: Sure. Well, we you know kind of that first year, like I said, I uh, it's kind of hard to imagine. But uh, you know, I went through college. I you know took an English course, about 15. I'm like you know just for uh, not courses, but 15 credits, about five courses. Never really wrote much. Uh, I enjoyed writing, but never really knew it that, really, because I never took the effort to do it. I was too busy, uh, you know, with sports and things like that, as opposed to sitting down and writing. Uh, so what I did was, as I mentioned, I was told I would write books. I reached out to the top uh, kind of people out there that I consider gifted. I never thought I'd leave a, you know, high-paid uh, job at my career. But, well, like I said, I was getting bored with that and decided that, you know, I could do a lot more than that. So that's why we kind of leaned and kind of followed what uh, some of the sites said. They just said, you're going to write books, you're going to you know, you're going to reach out to people, and you're going to, uh, you know, share. You have a lot of knowledge, a lot of information that would be helpful, and this kind of thing. And yeah, I kind of thought about that. And uh, as I mentioned, I was uh, kind of ready for a change. I think at that stage, and uh, wrote my first book. And the first ones, all, and I, you know, I've had people tell me this. It always seems like a kind of a cliche type thing, but I think it's true. I mean, your first book is always going to be your hardest. And, uh,
4: Oh, yeah. I found that
2: in my case that's been the case because it started out as a, you know, it's an autobiography. It starts out at the weekend of the accident, and it, you know, you know, coming out, uh, you know, pretty much uh, have everything going for me. And the next thing I know, uh, you know, we can't move a muscle and we're paralyzed from the shoulders down. And that, that kind of it. was the capsule of my soul and it yeah. uh, talks about you know, kind of my journey of setting goals and trying to see ahead and you know, visualize with creative imagery and this, things like that. Um, you know, how to get forward. And, you know, one of the things that's interesting, I was uh, hallucinating in the hospital for about three weeks. In, it was sleep deprivation. It was a combination of my temperatures were spiking to 104 and 5 every night as part of the injury. That you can't really control. They, how they control it is with ice bags. So I'd find my body every night bathed in about 25 ice bags, ice blanket mm-hmm. on top to try to keep my temperature down.
0: So that yeah. would go on
2: all night. That happened for about a month on end. I mean, it was every single yeah. night after dinner, about seven o'clock, it would start to rise. And that's how yeah. they combated it. Was just uh, packing my body in ice. And um, yeah. you know, it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty wild. So one night they all filed out. The nurses. I did that about two hours, and I said I got to get my mind under control because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not moving forward. I'm getting weaker. I'm sleep deprived, and I just, you know, I got to do something. Because I'd wake up after a nap, and I'd feel like I did three somersaults in bed. I would see the clock spinning backwards mm-hmm. on the wall. That's the kind oh. of thing I was experiencing. Yeah, pretty, pretty rough uh, things like that. Okay, um, so then... And, you know, and so what I did was I visualized it. Some night, one day, just kind of one night it popped into my mind, and I visualized a large map of the United States and uh, a train, like an old steam train from the 1800s. And I saw myself mm-hmm. blazing out of Philadelphia. That's how fast my mind was spinning at night. It was like I was on a lathe or shooting out of the space. So somehow the imagery came to me, this, this map. it had to stop it before the train got to San Francisco. And at the same time, I was the conductor. So I was separated almost out of my body, looking down at this large map of the U.S. and seeing this locomotive going across this large map through all the states. And I noticed that my mind was spinning at the same rate as the wheels. So I knew if I could slow those wheels down. I could maybe get my mind under control to slow down as well. So yeah. that was the concentration. I diverted the focus from my state to this train and concentrated mentally on slow those wheels. down. By the time I got to Frisco, I drifted about 50 yards past the train station, and the uh, train came to a stop, and then after that, uh, the imagery ended just like that. Like it just popped out of my head. After that, I never hallucinated again. Life and started making uh, progr- great good progress. Got out sooner or later. So I found that creative imagery, the meditative aspects, uh, have helped me greatly through this life living with this injury that has a lot of uncertainty to it.
1: Yeah. All right. So we have two minutes left uh, before we start taking callers. So can you briefly talk about your you you have the um, the the uh, oh God.
0: Captain, call.
1: Powering Through Paralysis, How to Survive and Thrive with Disability or Disease.
2: Yes, um, I decided I needed mm-hmm. to write a book to share the things I learned living with spinal cord injury and how I, be- how I became successful. So I wrote 16 yeah. chapters on how I hire assistance, how meditation, hypnosis, health and wellness, setting goals, finding patience, all these things. Mm-hmm. And I went from there uh, to explore more of the afterlives and the immortal soul and meeting Jesus. Uh, past lives, soul council meetings, uh, the uh, involvement of the soul through uh, the colors of the soul, uh, you know, life lessons, uh, departed relatives, and we brought all those into these uh, these sessions.
1: Wow, it sounds pretty chock full. So, um, now, before you give your contact information, can you tell me what's what the biggest piece of advice or wisdom you can give to our listeners, whether they're struggling or not,
2: I think yes. I think if, I think what we got to do is uh, two things: is one to realize we've all gone through changes, and a lot of us will be hit with more in the future. Whether we don't, we're not going to see them coming a lot of times. So I think the greatest thing to do is kind of be kind of adaptable, and I think being open-minded and open-minded in the sense of you know you know not boxing yourself into any one particular thing, but kind of keep it open-minded that everything's connected, everything is energy, we're all immortal, we're all going to experience many, many, many experiences in lives. And if you feel that way, you can separate yourself from uh, the daily uh, stresses of life, whether it's, uh, you know, viruses, family relationships, uh, career, and meditate and relax. And do, it, and do pick the meditation usually before you wake up or when you're uh, getting ready to go to bed at night. That's when you're in pretty much almost the theta state. The most relaxed states. You don't have to spend a lot of time or waste time during the day to meditate. But take that 15 minutes instead of hitting the snooze alarm and just sit back and just relax and allow yourself, you know, to feel, you know, to feel, you know, at peace. Feel at peace. And I think that relieving the stress and anxiety uh, makes a heck of a difference. And uh, I found that uh, by doing that, using creative imagery, to set goals to kind of see and stand above the labyrinth you're on. I think that's our best advice is to seek wisdom, learn by those that have come before us from Buddha, Confucius, Jesus, and uh, Robin, get their advice and their knowledge. And then uh, from there, meditate. Go inside. That's the key.
1: Well, I can tell you have read a whole bunch. And it's just been an honor to talk to you. And, and you, hopefully you'll be able to, I mean, there are probably going to be people who are going to ask you questions. How can they get in touch with you?
2: Well, probably the easiest is just go to my website, Um, One of the things I do besides the books, there's uh, you know ways to get them on Amazon. But the main thing is I would also take advantage of my guided meditations. These are hypnotic uh, recordings I did for insomnia, for pain, for phobias, for stress, for anxiety. And uh, migraine seems to be one that people tend to love. So I guess there's a lot of people out there with migraines that are looking for relief and I would take advantage of those. They're all free. Just click on the button and, uh, you know, see if they help you and let me know. You know, they could uh, contact me by leaving a note or, uh, you know, there's also a contact page on davidrippie.com.
1: That's awesome. Can they access those, those um, the, the, the tapes through your website, I guess, right?
2: They can get them on there. They're also on YouTube, but uh, it's probably oh. easy on my website. There's a description. It's easy to follow. There's like I just put 14 up there to cover a variety of things and, You know, yes, I uh, would love to see people try them, and, uh, you know, we've uh, fine-tuned them a little bit here and there, so hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully they work.
1: All right. All right, well, let's call in our main man, Eric. Thank you, uh, Dave, but stay there because, you know, you will be needed. Hi, Eric, I love you. And we got Denise Ramon, his voice for today, and I'm so grateful that she was able to step in because, uh, Veronica had to teach a class, so thank you, Denise, very much. I'm grateful.
3: Oh, you're so welcome. Eric says, hi, Mama. And Eric's excited for this, and um, he also says hello to you, David. Um, he's um, He says you have a lot of, um, he says wisdom, but he's also showing it to me packaged up, because in uh, the way he's showing me that it's packaged up was um, like, this is your creation this is this all came through you through your um, higher self, your higher being your um master teachers. you were the voice for this to be given to this planet well can so you, uh, I wouldn't be surprised I wouldn't be surprised if his uh website didn't just blow out after this
2: okay, so well, um, thanks. appreciate that.
3: Eric, can you tell
1: us a little bit more about his contract? Um,
3: Yeah, what he was here to teach and learn, specifically short and concise. Eric says exactly what he's doing right now, but there's more to come later. Um, And he says David knows has been getting more messages about what it is that's going on because David, um, he does not like wearing the same Clothing for very long He likes to keep changing And Eric uses this analogy For us to understand Because David is always Changing because um, He really knows How nothing stays the same And he His contract We look at what happened to David Eric says it's such a tragedy And it's horrible And we just think oh my god I wouldn't want this to happen to me I would hate this But David, on the other hand, um, Eric says David really never went through those kind of thoughts and stayed there. Um, David knew right away because he had a lot of help from the other side, letting them know, like, this is what you're going to do. Like when you were talking about the train and the map, that was given from your Ascended Masters to help you do so you could move along quickly. Eric says he moved along quickly in this situation. And... um, and what he's doing is exactly what he's supposed to be doing and this was the avenue to get him to where he's going. Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: Is he is he destined to do healing in the future?
3: He is doing healing. He is doing so healing it already. Just by the books that he's written and oh. and he's and the hypnosis and yes, and when he was saying how he never had formal teaching, Eric says, Not on this planet, you know, like in like here he went to a class or anything for formal training but he was formally trained on the other side to do this and this is what makes his so unique because his is coming in from, um, from the source itself Eric is saying
1: cool so uh, one last question uh, I mean can you give like some details Eric about the life past and future that most influenced this current one, as Dave Rippy.
3: The the past life that most influenced this one,
1: past, future, whatever,
3: another life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric says that he was a very, um, and I feel like this was way before cars and trucks and. Uh, like I, I I just And it might even have been before Christ Because it just feels so The dust that I'm feeling Like the dust in the air The sand or whatever He was a very profound teacher Healer And Ooh. um He performed very profound um, Teachings and healings Um I don't feel like He lived a very long life From what Eric is showing me And um he, his agreement was that he would come back and do this again. And, and was this, that was one. Of, um, okay. You know, I, I want to say, um, I, I get the sense the way Eric is showing me the same. It has to do with like, I feel like it's around desert type environment. So it's like more, um, mm, Eric is showing me like, um, Israel, around and there, and and that, okay. but it was before it was actually Israel itself. Oh yeah, and yes, yeah. it's around in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for
1: that, Eric. And now we're ready to take calls from listeners. All right. You got the first one here, the five eight six area code. Hi there. How you doing?
0: Hello, my wonderful friend.
1: Oh, Lambert. this is
0: Lambert. Hello, blessed Chandler And what can I say to Eric That I haven't told him in prayer so many times Um, I do have a question for him And I hope to make it brief Um, Eric, I've never felt like I belonged on the planet I felt some years back The actual heaviness and hurt of the earth And the ground under me I've had plants fill up the room with their wonderful smells when I've touched them. A couple of years ago, after I hobbled out of the chapel, I believe it was my angel, a huge orb of light that was above my windshield and went with me for 12 blocks, and there were no cars. And I just saw the light and I knew I felt. And there have been many other areas of synchronicity, and and with you actually, and with Jesus and Mary. And, and why am I so weird?
1: Well, and also, tell, uh, there was a time he's a musician, and there was a time long ago that was the first.
0: Where, that was the first time.
1: Yeah, this drummer tried to beat him with a drumstick, and it would stop and he tried harder and harder. It would stop. It would stop. He couldn't. Was he being protected uh, by something, some entity from the other side or was he responsible for that? Was Lambert responsible for that?
3: Eric says on that one, you know, about with the drumstick and, and trying to hit him. Eric says, when, when that was going on, it's like he got into, it's like he was totally connected with his body and his higher self and source at those moments. And he was able to exercise that energy to stop it. I but I also but but also Eric is saying, it's like he had teachers on the other side, letting him know like, this is what you do and this is how you do it. He right, says so it's in- almost like the same, like he could bend a fork with that same type of energy. Wow.
1: So why is Lambert like this?
3: And then we'll take the next caller. Because why he's not feeling connected? And yeah. one is because he feels everything around. And Eric says he, it's real important for him to utilize some form of, of meditation um, on a daily basis. And you know, and sometimes having to do it at least like twice a day, so he can remind himself to stay grounded. Because it's real hard to stay grounded here and be okay when we're feeling all the pulses of the energy from the planet, especially going on right now. Because when you're feeling all of this uncomfortableness, you know, Eric is saying our initial response is, let me just go back home. It's safe there. And this is his thoughts. He wants, you know, it's like, let me out of here. Let me just go back home where it's safe.
0: But if he can
3: get back into his Go ahead. yeah. I'm sorry,
1: why, in why, the interest of time, why do, does he have these special things happen or these special powers? What's with Lambert?
3: Well, um, Eric says they're there for him for teaching, to, you know, because when he, because as he starts seeing these things, these are for him to help teach other people as well. They're not just for him. They're just, they're for him to, become friends with I guess acknowledge that this is what's going on so he can get a, because then he'll get a clearer vision and knowing of which direction to go with it and with him okay. being a musician Eric is saying you know he already channels
5: oh wow so that he, is so cool so it,
3: to, to get into that and he could also channel some very healing type music also and produce mm. you know, and have it on a on a label and produce some very profound yeah, so um, cool.
1: music. Mm-hmm. all right well thank you Lambert, for calling in talk to you later and maybe uh, you should book a session uh, book a session with denise so she seems to really uh, have eric's voice i i
0: i will I will give that a whirl, and I will also do my best for channeling eric and and um and I don't know what to say. God bless you again, Eric. And I didn't know I, I had that. And I will try it and continue to pray with others and love others. And also, I'm working with your mother and pray for us that that comes out well. And uh, again, God bless you all.
3: Thank you,
1: Lambert. God Thank you. All.
0: Thank you Thank all. you. Take care. He is a beautiful
1: writer, too. His poetry is amazing. Okay. we got somebody from the 864 area code. Hi there. How you doing?
5: Fine. Um, I assume that's me.
1: That's you. Uh, that's you. I'm, you. Well, Come yes. You I'm,
5: my name's Mary. My name's Mary. Hi hey I Hey, I, I I was wondering if I could ask two questions. Sure. Um Okay. One is my where is my son now? I mean, and yeah, Eli? where is he and how is he?
1: Wait, where is is he alive?
5: He's passed on. I okay. want to know where and how he where and how he is.
1: All right. Well, let's see. What's his first name? Daniel, Daniel. All right, maybe Eric can bring him forward. This is Mary. Um, can uh, we find Daniel? Uh,
3: Eric says. Eric says Daniel is doing very well. Um, you know, and and as Eric is showing me that I don't know how he was when he was here, but Eric is showing me he's very into education. And when I say education, I don't mean doing history and English and that like we do here. But he's very much into education on the other side, so he's really building up his. Um, Eric was telling me to say wisdom. He's building up his wisdom. He's being more enlightened than ever before, and this. And he loves this type of stuff. He loves, and, and and this wisdom and that. Um, he is planning on coming back to this planet, but not right now. Uh, Because he really wants to make sure that he's a solid spirit, like he really wants to come back this time and live an extra long life, Eric is showing me. But he's doing very well. He's um, very clear in his thoughts, Eric is showing me. He's just really a studious, solid individual. Um, He has such a heart of gold, Eric is saying. And um, the way Eric has shown me that, that was his heart when he was here and he still has that saying on the other side. So um,
1: do we have a message from Daniel and then we'll take the other question, but pretty quickly because I want to give other people a chance yeah. to. Start.
3: Well, Eric is, Eric is saying, um, he's saying uh, Daniel's um, uh, what do you call it? Oh, blah, blah, blah. I can, my mind just won't but his, Thing for you to like his um I can't but Eric um what they have like his um foot Sam I can't even think of it it's what my mind Eric has showing me the heart like golden hearts are are his symbol for you so when you see hearts especially golden hearts and I feel like it it could be yellow but I he showed those are a symbol for you that this is your son.
5: So when Mm. you see
3: this, just know this is your son saying hello, letting you know I'm still here. And Eric is very specific on, like, the golden heart. All
1: right, real quick. the golden golden heart. heart? When I see the golden heart. Yep. Mary, real quick, Sorry. The
5: other thing is, is, is there a special memory with me that he has?
3: He's talking about when he was about five or six years old. I don't. Um, that did you play cars with him, or playing the the sand or the dirt or something with him? Because hmm, there's something about that he he's showing me with this, and I feel like it's around five or six. I'm, I do Or know. maybe even younger <laughs> than that, even. But he's showing me that that you would play with him, and he really and he's saying his life was a lot more simpler than
5: Oh, so life was a lot what? Him. Yeah,
0: it
5: was a lot more simpler. Life was a lot more simple then.
1: Is that what he's saying?
5: Yeah. He yeah.
1: liked the simple life with you playing with him when he was five or six. Oh,
5: okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, thank
1: you very thank you. much.
3: Thank you very much. You're welcome, Mary.
1: Bye. Bye, Mary. Bye, Mary. All right, let me see here. Let's take somebody from the 631 area code, next in line. Hi there, how are you?
4: Hi, Elise, it's Donna. How are you? I'm good. What you got for us, Donna? Well, um, as you know, my mother is gone now.
1: Yeah.
4: And I'm just uh, calling to check in on her. It was... So she uh, died
1: recently? ago, right? Like five weeks ago?
4: Yep. Yep. She just uh, on uh, April 29th, and mm. um, she died after being in a nursing home after being in rehab, and then she yeah. ended up going to long term, and then they locked down, and I couldn't get in to feed her yeah. and all mm-hmm. that, all that sad stuff. So um, yeah. So I'm checking in and seeing uh, you know uh. <clears throat> She gave me a story about 20 years ago when she had a brain aneurysm, and I just want to see if her story uh, held true, because <laughs> she told okay. she would tell everybody not to be afraid to die. So, I'm just um, yeah,
3: and 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 I'm gonna tell you, I don't know what she if she likes doing it here, but she's dancing over the, over on, with Eric. Oh my God! Uh, and and she she's just really dancing, so that tells me she wants you to know. Her feet and legs and arms and everything, she's got movement. She's just moving around. So oh. um, And Eric says, you know what she means by that. Um, she says it's even better, and I have chills. She says it's even better than the story she told you because she just got a glimpse of what went on. She says, because if you saw the full picture when you transition over, you would never want to come back. She Ooh. didn't want it. To- and she says,
0: when, and she when says it's enough-
3: just amazing. Yes. She, she, but she said yes. It's it's the same, but even better. She's saying. So I just have chills all over my legs. When mm. she um,
4: so first of all, you guys need to know her passion was dancing.
3: Oh, oh, okay, awesome.
4: <laughs> and singing, she was a
0: beautiful
4: oh. voice. And um, when she did pass, well, that time 20 years ago with the aneurysm, she was very upset at all of us for bringing her back.
3: Oh, yeah, that,
1: that that's validation for you. That's awesome.
4: It's really yeah.
3: awesome.
1: Just well, for you thank to
3: something. Don't be that. sad, don't be sad. Don't be sad. No, no. I yeah, that be. it would be good you
4: you know, I mean, I kind of feel like 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 so I couldn't get in to see her and then when they finally let me in to see her, she was so emaciated and um no. and she was like she they said, had of the phone from the wall, and um, mm. the very kind of like, like I could, like I just told her close her eyes and go to sleep, and and just and I and I set up to take her home the next morning with hospice, mm. and um, they told me during the night she had a hard time breathing, and they gave her morphine, and then she was gone by eight in the morning. So, mm. you know, it's like wow, she wasn't having a hard time breathing when I saw her, you know. But she wasn't well, that great. Don't, don't,
3: don't even, she said, don't worry about all of that story. Yeah, you're because focusing on the on bottom line. line is, yeah. Yeah, she yeah. said the bottom line is that she was supposed yeah. to go at that time and she right. didn't want to come home because it would have been harder on you and everyone else if she would have came home.
1: Yeah, I think so you, you're, saying, you're, you're, you're torturing yourself by thinking about these little things like that she couldn't breathe, but she could before. I mean, she could have had a pulmonary embolus or a shower of embolus. Don't worry about that. The big picture is she is so happy, and she just gave you validation. I would set up a, a session with Denise and talk to her further.
3: All right. Thank you, Donna, for calling. Thank you so much for you taking
1: Paul. Take- really?
4: Send her my love. <laughs> I'm sending it anyway. She
3: hears you. Oh, and then- yeah. You take got care, it. Donna.
1: She okay.
4: bye
1: You know she's getting it. All righty. Let's see. We've got somebody from the 980 area code. Hi there. How are you doing?
3: Hi, thank you for getting call. My name is What's your name? Um, Bonita. Oh, hi, Benita. Benita. Okay. Hello. What are you doing for us? And uh, I'm actually just trying to figure out, um, I know I have a purpose. I know there's something that I'm supposed to be doing, but I feel like I have a block. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm wondering if there's something that I should know. And I don't really know how to ask the question, but... Well, let's just
1: see, Eric. Do you have or, or the spirit
3: guide or her higher self? What does she need to hear right now? Eric says um, uh, the meditation is gonna. It would be really good for you. And Eric is directing you over to David Rippy. Um, he wants you to check out his website, um, David Rippy. Um, I, th- I think awesome. it's com. It would Eric. Eric is showing me to check out his website on those meditations. Eric says, you, you got it." he's saying, get into the meditation so you can kind of bring some stillness in. And he says, stop focusing on what you're not doing because that's what you're focusing on, on what you're not doing. And, and instead of focusing on what you are doing. And Eric says, stop grading yourself. And, and like you're grading yourself. You're not doing this good enough. You're not doing this right enough. So start to get into those meditations. There's something about some of those meditations he has on his website, and I believe he said they're free. And Eric says they really make that a priority every day to do that so you can really feel and hear the vibration of the meditation because then you're going to stop grading yourself and, like, um, uh, what do you call it, labeling yourself yourself. And then you're going to be able to start seeing the beauty and the amazing abilities or what some people call gifts have, and you're going to be able to start getting into One of the things you do awesome, and um, Eric is showing me art, something to do with art. So I don't know, paint, draw, clay, pottery, whatever. But there's something to do with art, and he said something also to do with landscaping. So I don't know if you do healing landscaping, or that's something you like to do, or thought about. I don't know, but Eric is throwing that in there. So Dave, uh, what so check out check out David yeah. Rippey's website.
1: Yeah, Dave, what kind of meditation do you think is best suited to for her?
2: Yeah, I guess uh, I appreciate that, Eric, as well. And what I would say is that there's uh, for stress and anxiety, there's very specific ones. And all of them end up kind of providing you with this immortal self. You come at the end of the recordings. Uh, you know, there's chronic pain ones, but there's other one called the immortal power boost, for instance. And it kind of leads you down to this sense of tranquility, seeing your body filling with golden light, letting you know that you are immortal, and to open yourself up just to accept the light of the divine. And also, to begin at that stage, to be able to visualize what you want in your future. In other words, uh, my second book, Powering Through Paralysis, I wrote on setting goals. And uh, there's also a chapter on meditation. There's one on hypnosis. There's one on health and wellness. There's one on finding patience and acceptance of yourself. So I think I'd I'd definitely probably look at that book, but I would go online. And for the recordings, I would kind of look at... um, you know, the ones, how you feel. Are you stressed this morning? Are you anxious? Are you not sure? Do you have uncertainty? Do you have fear? And I think if you uh, kind of incorporate those, if you had trouble sleeping at night, worrying about all the daily problems, then I'd of the ones on for insomnia. And I think you'll find on just lowering you this nice sleep. If you have any type of physical or mental pain, I would check out the stress ones. If you have chronic physical pain, then do the chronic physical pain. But like as Eric mentioned, uh, and I'm not here to plug my recordings, but I think that if you if you utilize these, it will make you feel revitalized. It will take away your physical pain. It will take away your mental pain, and you'll probably wake up feeling uh, feeling pain free, mentally and physically. Oh, I think yeah. I
3: have a niece that died um, a couple of months ago, and I just um, I can't seem to let it go. Like I I, I miss her so much that. Um, What's her name? Her name's Emerald.
1: Emerald. Okay. Very quickly, because mm-hmm. we have to close the show. Any message from Emerald to Benita?
3: Emerald says. Um, Emerald says she's been trying to send her a message, but um. Um. So I don't know if you. But she's showing me something blue, and like a sky blue or something. So you either she's been sending me something like something with blue color, the blue color energy or something. And she says um, she understands your pain and she understands a lot of people's pain from her transitioning. But the one thing she really is stressing, and Eric is like on a megaphone helping her to say this, she says, this was my time to go. It was no accident. I didn't go any time too soon. I went at the exact second that I had planned to leave this planet. Yeah. And she's, and so just look for something with the the blue color. So I don't know what that means because um, she's just showing me blue and, you know, because we only have a, like a couple of seconds left. But go in for that. And she says, but allow yourself to feel the grief. Yeah. You
1: know, so I learned that you have to lean through the grief to get to the other side. Thank you, Benita. Mm-hmm. And also, thank you, everybody, Thanks. you guys. Check out, again, check out uh, Dave's site at davidrippy.com. Obviously, he has a lot to offer on that side, And, of course, our wonderful Denise Ramon at denisramon.com. I will put that all in the description box. Um, and, um, yes, it was great to talk to you, David. You've given us so much information to digest. And I love you, Eric, of course.
3: I love you, Mama. I love you a lot. He's saying. Oh. All right. Bye,
1: everybody. And join us again next Tuesday for our next hour of enlightenment.
3: Thank Bye. You. Thank you, everyone.
1: Bye. Bye.
2: Bye. Thank you. Bye.